Welcome back to the Frankie D Podcast. In this episode, I sat down with Davey Fogarty and we discussed how he's built a group of companies in the e-com space that now grosses $150 million a year and is going to be on track to grossing billions of dollars a year in the future. We talk about building brand, we talk about getting your marketing right, we talk about getting your mindset right to do it, we talk about a whole array of things that are going to hit your ears at the right time if you want to grow anything online. This is not a man that sells a course. This is a man that's a practitioner, that's been in the trenches, that's done the hard work, and is really, really gonna impact the way that you do business online. Enjoy this episode, put your ears around it, and fully concentrate and lock in. Let's go. One, two, one, two, one, two. now here we go. You know what time it is? Welcome to another episode of the Frankie Lee Podcast. Our mission, to empower others to break patterns, flip perspectives, so that together we have clarity, direction, and success way beyond what we ever previously thought possible. Here's your host, Frankie Lee. Baby, Bobbity, welcome to the podcast. And, um, Thanks, man. Mate, I've already done the intro at this point, so that, that's why we've gone straight in with this. But I really want to, I suppose the best place for us to start with you, obviously seven, seven brands online turn over 150 million. Like it's, it's, a bit of a, it's a bit of a mad journey. Like how did you even get started in the e-com space? Yeah, no, thanks so much for having me, man. Um, yeah, it's an interesting story, um, one that we haven't really told very much for, for numerous reasons. Maybe we'll get into that a bit later, but I guess um, I'll start way back because it is a little bit interesting. You know, I, I started the typical journey, needed to get a degree to to get a good job, that kind of vibes. But yeah, um, yeah. Uh, in the end, you know, I, I started growth hacking Instagrams. So with Greta Van Real, um, she's pretty pretty well known in the uh, the Shopify space. Um, yeah, we started growing them to you know six hundred thousand followers. She ended up getting about fourteen mil worth of followers and we just started selling products um, through those pages. So that really kind of pushed me into the digital space, which was really, really helpful. Learn a lot about platforms, algorithms, um, just growth hacking in general. Um, all, uh, meanwhile, I was, yeah, definitely doing a lot of kind of other entrepreneurial stuff, like more typical, you know, like my role models did um, looking at like I started a Vietnamese roll shop. I tried to sell singlets. I tried to sell seasoning, iPhone cases, kind of really everything. You know, I tried to make an app. I, it, everything just kind of failed and, and fell down. I was really doing like permissionless hacky marketing, um, similar yeah. to like Instagram, you know, build, find followers in any way you can and then just try to sell to them. Yeah, um, That kind of per- permissionless marketing, you know, probably pushed me in the wrong direction in some ways. And then eventually I just went through this huge period of just self-learning. You know, I realized that there was a reason why I kept failing businesses and other people were succeeding. So I just kind of went on a bit of a quest to find what those reasons were. Um, a lot of books, podcasts, um, YouTube videos are really important. Yeah, and then um, what, what I, was what, you know, what was what was the key things you found when you were going along that quest that were actually causing you to stop getting that as far as you wanted to get an econ though? What were the key? Yeah, things? definitely. I I think um, product mentality, um, making sure that you have the right product. Um, also, just general marketing. You know, like it's not a natural thing to be able to communicate 
in in marketing terms to people and convince them of something. Um, so actually understanding, you know, the features and benefits, uh, how to communicate the features and benefits in a way that a platform accepts it, you know, for example, Facebook with, um, you know, really clear copy. Um, so th- it's, it's those kind of things that were holding me back. Um, but then, yeah, I just didn't have the right products. You know, I was, I was on the right track in creating new products, but um, needed to kind of learn a few key lessons about margin, um, differentiation, all of those kind of things to make yourself, you know, stand out on platforms. Um, so yeah, they're, they're probably the two main things. But when you were going, when you were going through all that, did you, so you started then originally just by helping Greta grow her, grow her brand then, and then you pivoted into your own brand off the back of that. Is that, is that, is that kind of how it worked? Yeah, that was part, definitely part of it. Um, so I would grow Instagrams and she'd buy the Instagrams or buy the kind of advertising space along with a lot of other brands. Um, I actually moved to Melbourne um, just to work at, at one of her companies as well, um, just to learn, you know, what, what am I missing here? Um, learn a lot over there, you know, culture, surrounding yourself by really great people is the, probably the quickest way to, to learn. I, I realised that being in Adelaide, there wasn't really much, um, there wasn't really any e-commerce talk. Um, so that wasn't... Um, yeah, that that wasn't helpful in any in any way. So I moved over to Melbourne and, and spent a year there, um, which was really good. Yeah, surrounding myself with good people and just learning from them. I think one of the key things that I've picked up there from you, and it's something that's resonated with me in my life, is the fact that I believe that where, wherever you wherever you're born, wherever you grow up, you have to leave that place in order to go and grow. Before you, even if you come back there in, in later on down the track, you have to leave there in order to grow. Which is exactly what you've done with your ecom stuff. You've obviously seen you got to the point where you're like, well, I'm I'm throwing everything at the wall here. It's, I'm, it's, I'm getting so far. I'm doing well here, but not here. So now I need to, now I need to know what I'm missing. And to do that, you've took yourself out of a situation and thrown yourself right in the deep end to, to be able to grow through that. And a lot of people aren't willing to do it, and it's where they fall down. I think I think um, the the one thing that resonated with with me as well is is how much of a of a mindset is involved in 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 anything, but like especially ecom because you're gonna when you start in ecom you're gonna get smacked a lot of times. I mean I've tried selling on Amazon, failed all this other stuff. People think it's easy, like it's it, it's not an easy thing. How did you go about getting that mindset once you once you'd obviously decided that you, you you're throwing everything at this? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, there's. Yeah, e-commerce, e-commerce is very hard um, unless you find that winning product. You know, success creates this feedback loop where you can actually learn um, and still, you know, continually be growing in terms of, you know, making money. So, for example, you know, I've made a lot of mistakes, but because our kind of product and framework has been so solid, um, we've still been very profitable and able to grow, if, if that makes sense. So, you know, I guess the first, um, if you just get that first pillar right of the product, it can actually just, you know, stop. It, it makes the mistakes easier, um, if that makes sense. Um, so, yeah, really focusing on that first bit, constantly reading case studies. Like it, these case studies that you read online, people are literally telling you this is exactly how you do what I have done. Now, you've obviously got to cut the crap. There's a lot of people that are just going to try to sell your course, which is just a joke. Um, and, you know, nobody's going to to give you the next winning product. You need to kind of figure that out, um, how to find that yourself. Um, and then, you know, the best way to find a product um, 
is is literally just test so many. You know, never overinvest too much money or all your capital into this one product or one concept because chances are it might not work. You know, you want to do five to ten products and one of them will just take off. It really will, and you'll see it straight away. Um, I personally don't do Amazon in the validation stage because the the longer it takes to create a product, um, the the longer it takes to get to your results, um, the more risk involved. Yep. Whereas if you're doing just a straight Shopify Facebook ads funnel, um, you're going to get really quick feedback. So that's kind of our basic validation process. Yeah, I love it, and it keeps it keeps it two step, keeps it simple. Exactly, you just pick the traffic exactly. up here, write the copy. If the ad doesn't work, you know you change the ad, change the copy, see if the result changes. But it's just nice and simple. One thing um, that I that I heard heard you say there is is about courses, online courses. Everyone and every man and his dog at the moment is selling an online course in something. I mean, people have tried to get me to put my my, what I do mm. my business into a course and stuff like that as well in the past and courses do I think do have their places but obviously like you in the e-com space like you, you're saying that um your process can't be put into a course is it is it is it really something that people have got to like find their own um way of doing things and, and what works for them and just go with that or, you know you can't you can't just you can't just pick up someone else's system is that what you're saying yeah, I, I think courses definitely have, have their places, as you said. Um, I don't, you know, look down on anyone for making a course and, and selling their services. You know, any kind of investment in that area is going to help other people grow because obviously if, if someone's trying to sell a course, they're going to create new methods and stuff. I just get, I guess the only people that really love courses are the people that are really struggling um, and they're assuming they're doing something wrong. And then what the person will do is they'll create a complicated course to kind of reconfirm that that's, they are doing something wrong when it's not actually true. Um, they, yeah, they complicate Facebook ad structures and, you know, this process just to, just to make them feel unique and make the, make the person think that they've spent their money well. So, you know, it's just not necessary. The process is so simple. Um, you know, I've, I've watched YouTube videos where, the person, you know, this is the, the person just goes through the process, you know, start to finish everything that you'd need to do to kind of replicate um, finding a winning product, like a let's say a 10, 10 million to a hundred million dollar product in the first two years. They they show it all, so it's kind of yeah. I just don't, I don't believe it's necessary to sell a course, so therefore I won't. Um, I'm still yet to to see a course where I really yeah think it's worth its, worth its money but that being said i don't actively look so um maybe it does exist I see that you've got like a YouTube channel as well and I'll link it in because I think you provide a lot of value on, on your YouTube and, and give people a lot of insights into that and obviously you've been successful in it 150 million online says that you know what you're doing what so you know after after you've had all them products that have failed and you've gone you've gone with Greta and you've obviously learned a load of her and, and and started to find these little components that are starting to to work for you and put together what was it that your first product and your first thing where you thought now now I've got something now I'm on the money now I'm going now I have a process a formulated process for myself that can really accentuate my growth yeah so I started calming blankets already three years ago um and you know I was at home in in Adelaide I was kind of doing like a self agency you know it was just me I would shoot the video ads I'd launch the Shopify store I'd run the Facebook ads they kind of knew the whole process yeah so yeah I launched two 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 businesses um you know I got 10 plus rollers in the first day doing like engagement posts um so it was kind of just 
it was really obvious that I was onto something just based on the data. Yeah. So that kind of testing process is still ingrained into the culture of our business to this day where we're just testing rapidly with products, um, trying to figure out, you know, what is going to be the next idea because we will find them um, and we've, we've built systems and software to find them. Um, so, yeah, I guess it's it's really obvious when you're, when you're using a measurable system like Facebook whether it's going to work. I, I put, obviously never knew that, that it was going to be this big, you know, we're probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest in Australia now. Um, so it really did take off and there's a lot of lessons in, in why it did take off. Um, and it was, you know, not, not obvious um, at the time, but it is kind of starting to get a bit obvious now why, why certain things grow um, to the size that they have. Yeah. Tell us, tell us the most obvious things to you from your perspective. I think because some of us might well, miss it, you see. So I don't want to miss yeah. it. <laughs> no, no. Because what's no, obvious to sure. you is obvious to everybody. I, I'll try not. I try not to get sidetracked. But um, you know, when you first start a, yeah. a business, uh, everyone that's starting out right now is going, "Okay, I want to build a brand because brands are sexy. It's like they want to tell their friends about it. Um, they won't." what they'll do is they'll spend ages on a logo, ages on a website. They'll spend all of their money on making it look beautiful. Um, and that's and that's because they think they see all these really lovely brands that they love and they all ha- have that set up. So they forget that like the kind of, kind of underlining uh, underlying principle of that it needs to perform. You need to sell because you need to make profit so that you can invest more in advertising because a, a nicely designed brand isn't really a brand if nobody knows about it. 100%. So, I, th- I think um, the first step is focus on performance and finding that right product. To do that, you know, you don't invest your capital in anything uh, aside those two things. So, you know, the the standard Shopify themes, they convert very, very well. That's why dropshippers use them. Um, so, yeah, you don't need to pay a web developer um, to get started. Um, so I think I guess that um, product orientation and, and the direct performance orientation in the beginning was was probably the most important because I was entirely self-funded, um, still am to this point, um, where you just need to constantly reinvest and, and grow. Um, but on the contrary, you know, the reason why the Udi is so big now is because it is such has such a large cult following and a, a, such a strong brand. Um, yeah. And you've used, so, you and know, you've used uh, some great influences to, to, to build that as well. Yeah, influencers are really key. I guess, you know, if you break down what what a brand is, it, it's more so, you know, if you had to put a metric to it, you, could, you know, you can look at branded search and, and those kind of things. But, you know, a brand is essentially some a, a, an amazing experience, an amazing product. And, you know, you could measure that in word of mouth virality. So how many, how many, you know, customers are telling further customers because that just has this exponential effect onto your digital marketing um, results. You know, if, if you're paying $30 to acquire a customer and they tell three more customers, yeah. um, you know, then you've suddenly got a fast growing product. That's, you know, an actual viral product. You're more likely to get more of like a 0.1 or a 0.3 kind of word of mouth um, ratio. So it's, it's, it's those kind of things that are less obvious in the beginning, but that's how you're going to, to build a brand that's worth over $100 million, um, in, in my opinion. 
and when and when you when you build these brands is it is it something that you you build to put into into a group of brands or is it something you're building to sell the brand onto someone else is that is that something that's in your foresight when you when you start building these things yeah, definitely. So we have kind of three core pillars at, at the Davy Group, which is like our holding company of all of our brands. Um, you know, if we're scaling our existing brands, um, you know, the Udi's got some really exciting things coming up. Um, we're testing, you know, a lot of products to kind of inject into our existing brands. Um, and then we've got launching new brands. Um, we've, we've actually got about 10 or 11 brands at the moment, um, which we've launched in multiple categories. Um, but we've also got acquiring brands. So we're acquiring brands and then sharing the knowledge that we have, um, injecting them into, into our, let's say, platform, our, our software capabilities um, and just improving their results really quickly. So, yeah, that's, that, that, you know, there's no clear um, area that we focus on the most at this stage because, you know, we're, we're new to this as, as well. Um, every, you know, it's just constant learning experience, but, you know, we um, have a lot to a lot to apply to these businesses, um, and then the the answer will become very apparent. You know what what our main focus is in the next six months. Would you would you suggest then, like, say you say you don't say you've done a bit of selling online, you you you've worked in you've been working online for years. Someone like myself that's already generated revenue from another business, and you you were gonna would you, would it be a, would it be like to, a good idea to go onto like a Shopify marketplace and buy something that's already generating revenue to start off with, or would it be better building something from scratch and and going for it that way? Mm-hmm. I would definitely um, advise just building it yourself. You know, um, action creates information. Um, in doing all of these actions yourself is going to, you know, there's you, you can write a, a step-by-step process of, of how to launch a brand, but there's just so much lost in between the lines, you know, just kind of um, subconscious learning of, of what works. So, you know, doing it all yourself is just an awesome, awesome way to learn. Um and a lot could go wrong with acquisitions. I don't think that they should be done with inexperienced people. Um, I haven't read a case study of of anyone with buying like a shop a Shopify dropshipping store um, and successfully growing that. Um, I've read a lot about content sites and um, people optimizing them from an SEO perspective and um, adding you know AdSense and whatnot to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I would say that the 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 level of difficulty to launch a Shopify store means that you should just launch it yourself. Um, that being said, if you're buying a really unique product and one a brand that already has a community, then that might be worth it. But then that's going to be a lot more expensive than than a standard, you know, small Shopify store. And, and when you when you say you're looking at acquisitions, what kind of um, level of acquisitions are you looking at? Are you looking at purchasing? So like, because there might be some people on here looking to sell their their, their business. Do you know what I mean? To listen to this. Yeah, I would ad- advise anyone to just reach out. To be completely honest, um, we're happy to, you know, even if we can't um, acquire you, um, you know, we're we're happy to help any any entrepreneur. To be completely honest, um, but we're looking for probably over, definitely over a million dollars a year revenue. Um, and it, it, if obviously, if you're earlier in the first year of business, and it looks like it's going to get there, where we can see that those trends playing out as well, and we're happy to, to chat about it accordingly. Um, so yeah, any, anyone with a unique kind of validated product as well is really exciting or any influencer led brands as well, where extremely happy to, to apply our organizational structure and, and make it, you know, allow people to focus on what they love doing, which is probably creating branding. 
Yeah, we'll take care of all the content. boring stuff where all the money is. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the, but that's right. The boring stuff is where where all the money is. I mean, what you're essentially saying is that the the ecosystem and 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 all the all the pillars that you've got at the back end, you know, people, someone like an influencer that that has a you know four hundred, five hundred thousand, maybe a million followers that has a little Shopify store that's, that's turned over clothes or whatever, you know, could just plug into that and and have access to another two three million in revenue just because of the systems that you've got in place that they've not got. You know, it's pretty powerful stuff when you think about it yeah 100 percent. there's a lot of things that you know they're, they're influencers they're focusing on their own platform this that takes a lot of time so we totally understand that we just want to you know we can also apply capital to it as well you know it, it, a lot of influencers work with drops just because they can't keep up um with their inventory um we obviously can can assist in that as well so yeah so I just want to go into into like su- suppliers and white labeling and get get really into the into the weeds. I mean, I know, I know you're out of the weeds yourself now, but there's a lot of people that are just starting that that are in these in these things that are starting activewear brands or you know this kind of stuff online. What what was dropshipping? What you pre- predominantly started with yourself, and how has dropshipping changed over the last few years? So that and you know, so how can people get get going with that? Yeah. Funnily enough, I've never drop shipped before. Um, so, but that being said, I do recommend it to, to get started. Um, that may seem a little bit strange, but I have done the mechanism of drop shipping, which is validating without much money upfront. So it's just a very easy way to get started and learn. Um, so, you know, watching YouTube drop shipping videos is going to teach you. Um, so no, it never drop shipped, but that being said, um, great way to get started. Um, I guess, the process is more like I, I'll chat about the supply chain just for anyone that's wanting to get started and, and a couple of mistakes. So you, you're going to want to use if you want like a really unique product that maybe hasn't tipped yet and you can't find it on AliExpress, you're going to have to go into Alibaba. Yep. And that may seem confronting because you're going to have larger larger order volumes, but it's a great sign that you have, you're either late and nobody wants the product or you're just bang on time. Like a lot of the products I start, I can't even get them on AliExpress yet, um, which is really exciting. So then there's this large sourcing process where you're chatting to, you can check if they're a trading company or an actual like supplier, an actual factory um, just on Alibaba. If you're looking just for general products, you might want to actually go and look for a trading company because they're probably chatting to a ton of other warehouses and they can source anything. And then you just want them to start sending you products and products and products because they've got on the ground knowledge in China. Um, If not, you're with a factory, that's probably good if you're 100% sold on this product because you're talking directly to the person that can create change um, and you're probably going to get the best price because there's going to be no uptake, no increase in price due to the the agent. Um, So that's first and foremost, making sure that You've got trade assurance on Alibaba is important because then you'll get refunds um, if things go wrong, making sure that you're clearly documented everything that you're requesting on top of your invoices um, to make sure that you can call on that trade assurance. You know, what color is it? What Pantone color? What sizing? You know, just going really specific um, because otherwise you won't get covered um, because if there's any room for interpretation, Alibaba might side with the, the supplier itself. So, you know, using WeChat um, is going to be a vote of approval um, for, you know, it's going to make you seem more credible um, that you've got WeChat um, when reaching out to these suppliers, getting it, getting it on there and having discussions with them. 
Um, but then again, documenting your final order through email. Um, they're, they're the kind of things that I would do to get started. Um, yeah. Um, I, th- I was speaking to Troy, yeah. Troy Candy, right? And he was telling me about, um, about you know, when he came up with the snorkel idea. I don't, you've probably seen it. It's a very viral product. It sells loads of them. And uh, his he he didn't have the the certain things in place to protect himself, and obviously it got copied, and he was having problems. Mm. And his factory that he was dealing with was 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 selling his product, and every time he re- re- released a new one, they'd copy it and sell it, and he had to deal with all that and stuff. So, have you ever had that happen to you personally? Yeah, totally. We we have a counterfeit problem as well. You know, Apple and Nike have a counterfeit problem, so it's never going to be completely solved um, if they can't solve it. Um, and yeah, there's there's a, a you know I don't want to get too boring, but there's a ton of stuff that you can do to protect yourself. Um, if your pr- product is completely novel, um, you can create a patent um for that that's expensive stuff so but if you have a completely unique unique idea you know i would validate it and then go okay this is actually going to work um now i need to raise funding for this patent um because it does provide a lot of value um and you can also create copyright um through just differentiated designs like people can't launch outwardy patents because they're outwardy patents so you know that's a very cheap form of common rights use um, again, I'm not a lawyer, so seek legal advice, but they're, they're the kind of, um, you've always got to put those, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, they're the kind of things that you need to be looking for early in a, in a brand is, is how can you, um, differentiate, you know, textiles are really easy because you can put patterns on it and stuff. But in terms of the snorkel idea, it sounds, I'm not exactly, I, I think I know that when you're talking about, um, you know, that's pretty novel. And I think that he probably could have put patents on it. He should have probably started with patents, um, and, uh, just any IP protection, sorry, in, in China, um, initially, and then tried to yeah, get a worldwide patent on it. Yeah, I think well, he, he did well with it. I mean, he did like a million dollars inside a few months on on the back of this back of this viral product. Do you know what I mean? It's just a snorkel that you put a beer in, and then you do. I don't, I don't use them personally, but yeah. but but it's a, it's a novel idea. It's a novel idea. It, yeah, I'll touch on I'll touch on um, that a little bit for the viewers. If you've got a product that has this visual element that shows the product being used in its best sense and it's very easy to understand you know there's a lot of like kitchen gadgets and stuff like that um it 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 most likely will do very well because you can communicate it quickly in the format of facebook loves as a four to five video in terms of ratio sizing um so yeah i think that it's very easy to digest there's a bit of entertainment very easy to educate so any of those kind of products are awesome um and especially with tiktok the way they're going um it's just um a really exciting time to be in e-commerce and creating those really visual products what what i've just got from you there is the fact that if if you can communicate in 30 seconds effectively what it can do for you or how it can make you feel in like 30 seconds on instagram long form or um facebook live or stories like that then then you've got you might have something potentially that's going to bang 100% e-commerce is all about friction um if you can get that purchase and that kind of communication across really quickly um as well as a fast website with you know easy to digest information quick um check out uh, yeah you, you're going to do well you're going to be able to profit on cold traffic yeah that's good that's good um so, so you've you've obviously um gone through the importance of like 
white labeling. I just want to go through that with you because it's. Mm-hmm. It, I think white labeling is is where people go wrong because like people, uh, a lot of people that like I see fail with the, with, especially with the dropshipping, is, is they bring it over with a, like the Chinese brand on it or they bring it mm. over with someone else's brand on it. It's like then you're not differentiated at all. Like I, I understand mm. that you're saying test the product, but I do believe that you should brand it yourself like a, a little bit. Is that is that something you'd advise or or what's your thoughts on it? Yeah. A hundred percent. You've got a white label to some degree. You know, people don't want to make them feel like they've just bought something from China. You need to have trust. Um, it's not hard to create a Canva logo um, and suppliers should be willing to, to make it happen. Worst case, just buy, you know, buy 10 units, buy a local manufacturer, um, repackage it yourself, you know, buy some boxes um, at a, with a local printer, you're going to pay way too much. But again, we're just trying to test the product um, and understand if it's going to work and then we're going to invest in it. So, you know, your, your aim isn't to make money at that stage, um, but you do still want a great uh, boxing experience because that's going to play into your creative. It's going to play into your website. It's going to play into your unboxing videos that you're going to run onto Facebook. So, yeah, definitely white labeling. Um, and then, you know, you're going to have to white label it anyway once you've validated it um, to, to build an actual brand. Do you do you think then, Dave, like to, to – because every, everyone wants to get into e-com, right? Do you, do you think then when, when, when it's your first few products, do you think you have to have an interest in the product yourself? Or do you think it's just it just has to be a complete money player? What's 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 your view on like the purpose behind it? Like in terms of like your purpose, does it match your purpose? Does it match your, you know, what's your opinion mm. on that? Yeah, it's a good question. I think um, domain knowledge in the area is going to help you communicate and market the product um, and understand the pain points of the customer. But it's not necessary. You know, there needs to be some degree of passion. But that passion, as as vain as it is initially, could be in just making money. Um, you know, my passion is learning systems and um, you know changing the way people launch businesses. So um, that's that's just a passion for e-commerce as a whole. So we'll technically sell anything, if that makes sense. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, your yeah, passion is the process, I don't think it's it? necessary. Your passion, um, your passion is the, I can see by the way that you communicate, your passion is the, the actual process of, okay, we'll get this from here. We'll see if it works. Once we've tested it, we'll, 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 we'll with a small budget, then we'll scale it. And mm-hmm. your passion is doing, doing those steps and, and taking it through that, that funnel of what's, what it's got to do to get from one place to the next place to make a million dollars, to make $10 million. That's your, that's your passion, right? Definitely. I think that passion, that was probably my passion previously. I, I guess my passion now is just, building um just building in general you know building um large brands that people love um household names building you know software to change the way that people launch businesses um so yeah i i guess it's just building as a whole you were saying at the start of the podcast that um, you said we'd touch more on this, but like you're saying, I think we're talking about some of the trials and tribulations, and obviously there's there's a bit there's a bit of a story in the journey there. It didn't it, it didn't just all just pop for you day one. Give give me some of those trials and tribulations that you went through that um, that we were going to touch upon. Yeah, totally. I guess um, you know, just failure as a whole is the the largest challenge, um, and just staying resilient. Um, is is the most obvious one. I, I guess the the time that I was probably going to quit e-commerce was just before I reached my success. You know, I got into videography. I was like, why am I pursuing this this thing that's it wasn't making me unhappy, but I wasn't achieving what I wanted to to achieve. So 
yeah, I guess it was just before, um, you know, I never gave up. Um, I just kept doing it and doing it and doing it and learning, as I said. Um, and then the amount of challenges that came after I found that product is just insane, you know, customs, border holds, um, faulty products, dodgy suppliers, um, poor, you know, you know, Brexit, <laughs> what Brexit. absolutely <laughs> annihilating us. Um, it was just like, there's just been so many that I can, I can barely think about. I should write a list one day just so I can communicate it. But, you know, it doesn't get harder. It, it, it technically gets easier. You just get better um, and you just learn to deal with it. Um, you know, there's so going to be so many different things. And the, the, the thing you'll realize is that, you know, it, there's always a doomsday, you know, it's always yeah. the end um, and you'll get those ones and your stomach will drop and you'll, you'll, you'll think that everything that you have is going to be taken away um, because of this thing. And then after you have 10 of those and you realize that it never goes away um, and you always manage to either fix it or, or, you know, disconnect from it and um, build somewhere elsewhere, you know, that's, that's, that's a really good, a good point in your life because you realize you can kind of take on anything and, and just, just build resilience, I guess. I'm not sure if that makes sense. Would you say like your key driver at the start, then your key was like, I want to make a a lot of money. Like I just want to make a lot of money. Was that, was that your key thing that got you into this? Yeah. As sad as it sounds, it definitely was. I think it's a common, common thing that entrepreneurs do is yeah, they're just trying to make money and it's, it's almost trite now, but, um, you know, when, when that happens, every, everyone will tell you once you have money, it's just not your main driver anymore. Yeah. Um, it, it goes, and it, it is really, really true. I was probably one of the most money orientated people that you've ever met. Um, but yeah, it, it did go away. Um, and uh, there was a, a much larger sense of fulfillment after it went away um, of, you know, focusing on building, connecting with people, learning things that you just would never have been able to learn before without the success. So like for anyone for anyone just joining right now we had a little bit of a technical issue right so, <laughs> so, so <laughs> this is why i don't do zoom podcasts but anyway the the, the, the you you're discussing money and you're discussing the fact of how it how it how it um how you've obviously discovered over time that money wasn't your key driver but one thing i wanted to really really touch upon then is the at what point was it that that money became not the key driver anymore. Like, was there was there a financial figure in your mind that where you thought, do you know what? Now money's not the key driver. Now I now I get up because I love this. Yeah, no, there wasn't any particular point that I can recall um, with that. Uh, I didn't really have any set monetary goals. Maybe that means that I wasn't exactly monetary driven. But um, yeah, no, there was no no set point. I guess you know I bought my house and. Um, everything else is, is just kind of extra now, I guess, you know, you, you don't actually need that much money. You can't really spend it. I'm not, I'm not flashy. I'm not going to go buy a plane or anything like this. I, I, you know, the, the more your lifestyle costs increase, the more you're going to chase more money. So yeah, I think I there's a, there's a, there's this, that as soon as you, the more you have, um, if you get connected to it, you know, the unhappier you're going to be. So there is a certain amount of attachment that you need to remove yourself from, um, with this whole situation. So if you get attached to money and all your money gets taken away, what are you? You're going to be unhappy. So um, getting ad- ad- addicted to the process and yeah, everything else, I guess. I um, So the, the, obviously you don't know this about me, but 
I uh, bought my first property when I was like 18, 19 years old. And I paid it off when I was when I was thirty. It took, you know, which is which is pretty good for, as most things go, like a nice nice apartment, beautiful apartment. <laughs> but um, one thing I, I want to say, and I, I don't know if you agree with this, I want to I want to get your opinion on it. But I would suggest that people don't buy, don't do not buy a home. Put your money into your development yourself, into building this econ business, into building whatever you you, you do. You know, put it into you. Don't go, don't do what I did because I, I literally before I worked online, I used to work a job and used to pay pay things off, David. Like it's 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 like it's, it's a mad. You what you did was you found success with ecom and then you bought the house and then you thought, okay, what more do I need? But you've obviously probably like you've probably got a small mortgage on it or you've paid it off or whatever. But but your 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 business funds it, but. But when people are working to, and swapping time for money, like when when we were probably younger in jobs, the last thing you want to do is get the mortgage, get the get the the BMW on mm. the driveway, get the, all this lifestyle stuff that looks great on Instagram, mm. but doesn't really it doesn't offer you any tangible value in in your development of your life. Um, I just wanted yeah. wanted to know if you agreed with it. Yeah, totally. It's very hard to save yourself to a certain financial goal you obviously you can live comfortably if you're a great saver but you know if you do want you know above above average kind of you know living um you're obviously not going to be able to save your way there um you need to create more of an income stream um so i i definitely agree with that i i had a house in mind that i wanted um a, a level of house that i i would want um I was living with my parents when I was doing over 10 mil a year on, on e-com. Um, really? Just because I knew, yeah, just because I knew I was like, I don't want to, You're I don't want to guy. buy a You're house a and, then, and then move. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I didn't want to buy a, buy a house and then move just shortly after. And I didn't want to get a mortgage. So um, I obviously just waited and then bought my dream house. So I just played it, you know, avoid debt at all costs. You know, went yeah. tightly bootstrapped probably to our own um, that, detriment. Yeah. But, yeah, I would say yes, but at the same time, you know, I'm a very risk adverse person. So it's just me. Um, in terms of your question, yeah, really consider, you know, what's this degree worth to me? Is it worth, you know, debt for, for X amount of time? Um, what's this car worth? Because tr- trust me, it's it's not worth worth much. Yeah, it, the the novelty, the dopamine hit fades um, after buying it. So just focus on building building your own skill set um and, and yeah and then the the income will increase and saving will become much easier mate on the, on the car thing right I, I i literally drive drive my car from my place to burley and my place to the gym and that's it like so i've i've only got, i've got like a 10 year old audi like it's it, it does it does the job it looks clean it's nice like it's all right mm. you don't need a tesla to do that you know, do you know what I'm saying? People, people get people get caught up in this in this trying to buy more stuff, trying to buy more stuff environment. It's like you've just listened to Davey say he lived with his mum and dad, and he has turned over ten million dollars a year, ten million dollars a year, and he said he couldn't afford to get get a house, the house he wanted yet. I, yeah. I just it just it just makes it made, honestly that just made me laugh, mate. <laughs> no, it's true though. Wow. It's, yeah, it's, I think it's important to just really know your financials and also, you know, where you're heading, um, what you're actually saving for, um, and then go from there. Did you ever have a, a like, obviously a mentor or anything like that involved in your development? Like, has there, has there been has there been some key pivotal? I mean, you've meant I'll get you to mention the books and the and the and the, and the videos and the resources that you kind of think are good resources for people to touch mm. upon. But who who's been your key mentors other than Greta? 
Yeah. I don't know if I've ever specifically had a mentor. I've had people that I really respect in certain areas. And then you just grab the knowledge from, from those people in those areas. Um, so, you know, Toby Pierce is located in Adelaide. His, his business sense and is incredible. Toby's a, Toby's a friend of mine. And, uh, and as a, as a brand, we look, we look after them after after sweat.com so i know i know him well toby's a weapon of an entrepreneur man yeah. he's a weapon of an entrepreneur yeah just his mental models and the way he thinks through problems and structures solutions is is really something to to idolize and and listen to um yeah greta in terms of the influencer marketing spaces has been really incredible she's also great at networking um in terms of books yeah anything by jim collins is is going to be simple to read um yeah. and and really exciting and and help you know, it's backed by a lot of, you know, studies and stuff like that, that they, their team spent a lot of time on. So you can probably trust them. Um, Ready Fire Aims, a great way, book to get started with. Yep. Lean Startup, all of those ones. Um, you can't go wrong. So, yeah, I, I, aside from that, don't really have any mentors. I love Warren Buffett. He He's um, a very risk-adverse person and, and just – stops you from jumping on every single hype so there's benefits there but i also love elon musk and how he you know really changes things and and creates um you know how many companies does he actually run it's it's really tough to run that amount of companies so yeah he's just an incredible entrepreneur and i idolize him a lot as well no no and um any anyone that can tweet and literally make something go viral or, or something collapse mm-hmm. on the back of a tweet in a financial market is a pretty powerful man. And like when you think about, you think about the logic of, of behind that. Is there anything else that you're investing in outside of the ecom space, or are you just like fully like just submerge yourself in that, or do you do you do you, do you, um, obviously now you've got money and you're obviously making money. Do you diversify into other areas, or, or just stick, completely stick with ecom? No, I completely stick with e-com. I think anything focusing on like crypto or any other area um, is is just going to uh, cause cause me to lose a lot more because I could just focus on e-com. You know, a lot of people don't understand this, but when people are investing, um, they you know the best investors they're focusing on what they understand. Um, they're not going through biotech and investing in that and then they're going into a completely different industry. It's like, no, they know everything that they need to know about either, you know, um, real estate or something like that. And that's why they can get those incredible returns. So it's really important when you have domain knowledge because you see depth of insight that nobody else is, sees and that's where where the, the profit actually is. So, yeah, I just focus on e-commerce at the moment. I think it was Buffett and uh, Bill Ackman that said that um... – only invest in what you know and what you love and what you use because otherwise you you're running a fool's errand because you don't understand exactly what niche you're going into so before i before i ever invested in cryptocurrency for argument's sake i i read white paper after white paper and i really wanted to understand the breakdown of okay what is bitcoin what is ethereum what's kailano going to do with the world mm-hmm. because i really need to understand the fundamentals behind it and where it could potentially go if you're going to put hundreds of thousands of us dollars into something to make mm. it to, to try and make an exponential return on it you've got to understand the long-term game and there's and there's a key quote as well if you wouldn't if you wouldn't invest if you wouldn't keep the investment for two weeks why would you or two or, or for like 10 years why would you invest in it for two weeks it's like it's, it's a real simple analogy but when you run your whole life on that on that kind of footing you can really start to separate yourself from doing the shit stuff that you shouldn't potentially go into you know Mm, yeah exactly you've got to got to know what you're investing in um yeah 100% agree and when you what's so 
what I suppose the, the 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 next question I have is like, when do, what is your net next goal then? Because obviously you've got you've got these seven, eight, nine, ten brands, twelve brands. You've, you've turned you turn over one hundred and fifty mil. Like, are you is 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 I know the goal's not money anymore, but but in terms of like success is measured on 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 the monetary dollar value. So is it like you know I want to I want to get this 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 Davy Group to turn over a billion dollars, two billion dollars, or is it is it is there something there must be something there that's that's keeping you going? Yeah, definitely. I think um, you know it's less monetary, but more so like stages of the the company's life. Um, you know, we've proven that we can build brands to to a very high figure. Um, we proved that we can. Um, yeah, like scale them. Um, now we need to prove that our systems and our processes are so solid that we can um, do it across a hundred brands. Um, and then we can, you know, the billion dollar revenue is definitely a target for us um, in um, probably more so an internal, my target at this point, but it will be a great number because it, it proves that we know what we're doing once and for all. Um, and, you know, we can really replicate that. And then there's no reason why we can't be a $10 billion company. Yeah, I love that. I love the way I love the way you're going with it. And obviously, when you when you're getting into these billion dollar companies, like it's it's all about having groups of companies together and using assets from each other to to propel themselves forward. That's that's how they do the roll ups to get those billion dollar companies. There's not many companies out there that just do it as one company. So um, so that's that's the key to that. But the one the one thing I, I want to leave the audience with in regards to you. Um, is like if there's like one thing like there's, there's obviously there's people that listen to this that are very successful in business but there's also people that are on the trajectory of really wanting to start moving in their life if there's one piece of like if you had to if you departed this world today and had to had to drop one bit of solid knowledge that's going to impact tens of thousands of people for the rest of their lives well what would that bit of knowledge for you be mm. but, you know just stay um intellectually curious like always just wanting to learn um, is just the key. And that's the common trait that every single successful entrepreneur has. Um, if you're not curious, you're not going to learn. Um, and, and that's the truth. So, and, and a lot of, you know, it's hard to say like find passion in the learning because if you're not passionate, you're going to be discouraged. So yeah, I guess just um, try, try everything um, until you can kind of find that, that that passion and yeah just stay stay intellectually curious i love that because it's it is such a simple thing but it's something we all forget you know we all have the the habit of of um losing losing interest but losing interest is actually a great thing because it, it kind of shows you where you should go because you should always pursue things that you have more interest in and and it sounds so simple but people kind of forget it yeah. and um I just want to leave leave today and say this, look, mate. What you've done with Udi and the other brands is is phenomenal, mate. It's phenomenal to to get to 150 million. Um, we've we've kind of left the I've kind of left the brands out on my part, but I'll put a link to all the brands in the description as well that you've built, so people can go in and see that. But I really wanted to get the mechanics today of what you've done and how you've gone about it, and kind of give people a real understanding into that. So thank you very much for your time, mate, and. Um, do you want to leave any links to your personal stuff and any websites? Is there anything you want me to put in there for you? Yeah, maybe just to our YouTube would be yeah, would yeah. be awesome. Um, yeah. We're just trying to show the entire process, ins and outs. You know, I've given some high level thoughts here, but would love to just keep teaching your listeners as well and helping in any way we can. Um, TikTok as well, we're having a play around with that as well. So if you're not on YouTube, go to TikTok. 
So yeah, I'll I'll link I'll link all those links in the bio for you guys so you can grab uh, Davy's knowledge and and really consume him because what the, the the key thing here with Davy is and why I'm so pleased to have him on here and to to you know for the hour to drop this knowledge is the fact that he has done it and he's not one of these people that's like just selling your course and rah 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 made a couple of million dollars he's he's turned over a mass amount of money so you, like this is the kind of guy that you want to immerse yourself in and really understand the mechanics of what he's doing and why he's doing it so i think you're going to get a lot of value from this if you could do me a solid favor and and give give davy a follow on instagram give me a follow on instagram send us both a message let us know if 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 this hit for you let us know what you got from this podcast and also if you could do me a solid favor and leave me an apple on uh, leave me a review on apple on youtube in the comments we would be buzzed on that. That is Davey Fogarty. He is a legend. And that was the Frankie Lee Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the Frankie Lee Podcast.